0: Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is actually episode number 28, and it's also the second session of Ask Scott. Remember last time I told you, or actually last Friday it was, I was uh, saying how I wanted to kind of take all of the listener questions and uh, put them into a show, or not all of them. I wanted to take like four or five questions and be able to answer them all in, in one episode, and that's what I'm going to do today. So this is actually. Uh, session number two of uh, the Ask Scott format, I guess if we'll call it something like that. So anyway, I just wanted to, before we get started, I want to do a little house cleaning. Um, first off, again, I want to say thank you so much for all the positive comments, the feedback, all that good stuff. You guys are amazing, and I really do appreciate it. And uh, I actually had a really, really good month for my Amazon business in March, and uh, I'm going to be sharing that on an upcoming. Uh, podcast, so I'm going to share those numbers with you. But I had a 39% increase, which is crazy, right? And uh, and I'm definitely going to be sharing that with you. Uh, I've I've had some great interviews that I've done that I'll be posting soon, um, and even the ones that I've done in the past, I just keep looking back at those and thinking what an awesome. An awesome job I have here, right? I don't really call it a job because I'm not getting paid for it, but it's a job of me delivering this content to you, which is is really really rewarding. So I just wanted to again bring that uh, you know bring that up. That you know I just want to thank everyone that's been a guest so far and ones that I've had already that or that I've interviewed that haven't been on the show yet. Um, the other thing I wanted to do is uh, just let you know about the Facebook group. Okay, um, we've been you know just really really being very active in there, and I mean we because there's over like 800 people in there right now, which is crazy. Right. And, uh, it's just amazing. And, uh, you know, if you're listening right now and you're in the group, thank you so much, uh, for, for being awesome. And if you're not in the group, if you're joining us for the first time, then you can go ahead and head over there. And, uh, it is private. So you have to send a request and then I'll go ahead and approve you. Um, the uh, link to that is the amazing seller.com forward slash F B, you know, F is in Frank. B as in boy for Facebook uh, so basically the amazing sellercom forward slash FB all right the other thing I wanted to bring up before we go into the QA is uh, last episode I talked about this uh, this thing I'm kind of struggling with as far as like you know uh, you know should I Actually, go a little bit further here and do some type of group coaching or something like that. And the reason why, if you missed that episode, was because uh, I received a ton of people asking me since the podcast released, and uh, people asking me to personally coach them. Or I had some people say that they wanted me to kind of go in business with them, and they would fund the whole thing, um, which I was honored. But I just don't have the time um, to devote to just like one-on-one type stuff. So I was thinking of possibly doing something down the line, and I wanted your feedback on that. And if it's something that you'd be interested in. So I've already received a ton of people saying yes. I haven't received anyone saying no, Uh, but uh, I do want to hear more. I want to hear more about what you want to see in this type of thing. And I'll be giving you kind of updates as far as the progress, as far as what I'm thinking of doing and and if I even do plan on doing anything, but you can just head over to the blog and uh, and leave me a message there or email me directly uh, or go on the Facebook page and, and private message me there or wh- however you want to get in touch with me and just let me know that you know, you're know you interested or if you have any thoughts on that. That would be really, really cool. All right, so before we get started here, I always like to usually read a review from iTunes, which I'm not going to do today because someone actually left me a voicemail with a really, really nice message and I wanted to play it because it really made my day and, uh, and I hope that uh, you'll see that i do really really appreciate this so i'm going to play that real quick and then we're going to dive into today's episode
1: hey scott my name is joan calling to say thank you for the great show you always say that you want to reach out and give us a handshake i want to reach out and give you a big hug because i love your content it's really useful and uh, i'm just really excited to be starting out on fba and appreciate all the support i can and information i can get so i hope you're having a great day and keep up the great work bye
0: Hey Joan, thank you so much for that awesome, awesome voicemail because uh, that made my day, and uh, it just it makes me feel good that I'm actually reaching people. And yeah, I gave you the handshake and eh, gave you the hug, so you know that was cool. So uh, yeah, I, I truly appreciate that, and I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. And uh, it just makes me feel really good to be able to uh, reach out there and uh, you know impact people in a positive way. So I wanted to thank you for that. So uh, if if you guys have not left an iTunes review yet or you know, went over there and left any feedback for me on the iTunes channel. If you could do that, that would be really cool. Uh, I know a lot of you already have, but if you haven't, if you could do that, take a second, that would be really, really cool. All right, so now let's just dive into the session number two of the Ask Scott episode here, okay? And again, I'm gonna try to do these on Fridays or at least once a week, but I'm gonna try to shoot for Fridays. So with that being said, let's dive into the first question.
1: Hey, Scott, it's the Evil Mad Genius uh, I wanted to ask you a question about how you find profits in the products that you select. Every single one that I've um, tried, and I've probably tried a little under a dozen so far, I'm just contacting the the source in, on Alibaba, and my price is coming out with air shipping around 6 to $7. And most of the products sell for around $20, at, m- at best $25 on Amazon. So when you use the FBA calculator, that's only $6 of profit. I know you said you're getting around $10 profit, or you want to get $10 profit when you select a product. Um, I'm I'm seeing a little more than half that. And profits are around 30%. And I know you said you're getting 45%. I was just wondering if you could expand on that and shed some light on how you're getting 45% profits. Because I just don't see it from what I'm doing right now. Enjoy the show. Thanks a lot. Okay, so
0: that's the evil mad genius. Hey, evil mad genius, thanks for leaving the question. I know that was kind of a funny thing because I think that it was on the iTunes review or something that you had left and I commented on that or something I remember. But anyway, um, yeah, great question. And, uh, you know what? I want to really talk about this for a second because a lot of people get hung up with that number that I put out there and said, you know, well, it doesn't fall into the parameters of the $10 profit margin or the, you know, the 42 or 40% profit margin. And, you know, the thing is, is that's not a set hard rule, right? I mean, if you can find a product that is giving you a six dollar or an eight dollar profit on, you know, you know, uh, if you're buying a product for five bucks, right, and then you, you know, with the Amazon fees and all that stuff, and you're still turning a six dollar profit, and you don't have to go, you know, and really battle a lot of different, you know, competitors because it's in a non-competitive market. That's not such a big deal right there, right? I mean, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, here's my thoughts, okay? And it kind of, it's kind of falling into my product number two at the moment. My product number two right now is currently uh, making about that $6, actually about $6.25 per unit because the pricing is not where it's going to be. And I'm hoping to be able to push that to where I'm making $10, but if even if I don't, like I was doing the math the other day, as we all do, right, you know, we're entrepreneurs, so we're sitting here thinking to ourselves, okay, if I sold 10 a day, you know, times $6, that would be $60 a day, you know, times, you know, 30 days, you know, how much is that going to yield me, right, so that's kind of how how we we think, right, so really, I mean, if you took something and you were making $6 and you sold 10 of those a day, almost on autopilot, right, that's 60 bucks a day, right, So you've got 30 days, all right? Now, if my math is correct, that's going to be about $1,800. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good monthly income, and I know a lot of people's mortgages are not even that much, okay? I mean, that's a lot of money, right? And we're talking that's profit. Okay, we're talking the six dollars that you're talking about is profit. So I don't want you to really get over focused on the $10 thing. Yes, in a perfect, you know, situation or, or scenario, that is what we're going after. And you know, you may still be able to get that if you're the leader in that market and you're, you know, offering a better product, you might be able to get it to that point. But you know what? At this point, you might want to go and start your first product just to kind of get your feet wet, less competition and a less profit margin. Because the other thing is, is people that are, you know, doing these courses and they're doing, uh, you know, you know, certain, you know, techniques and stuff to, to be able to, I mean, supplements, especially like they're going after, you know, the high volume and the high profit. And when someone looks at that, at your product that you're investigating, and they might say, well, that's not a lot of profit, you know, per product. I don't really, I don't really, you know, that's not going to really do anything for me. It's not going to make me a lot of money. But if you then say, well, this is, I'll start with this and then I can always go to another product that has that other margin, but that's still good money. Um, and it's funny, I'm just going to share a little story. Um, my wife was visiting with uh, one of her friends over coffee and they were asking how the business was going, you know, this little thing that we were doing. You know, it's kind of what she said. So how's that little business doing that you're, you know, that you guys are working on? And she said, actually pretty good. She goes, well, how much do you actually make, you know, for one sale? And, she, and at the time, I think it was only like eight bucks is where we were at for our profit margin. And she's like, really eight bucks. It's not really that good. And she's like, well, for 50 units a day, it's not too bad. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, we're averaging about 50 sales a day. And she's like, wow, like, really? You know, so I I want you to just think about that for a minute. Okay. Don't get, don't get so consumed with the $10 profit thing. All right. So I just wanted to clear that up. So also the calculator is good for just a guesstimate, but it's not totally a hundred percent all the time. I mean, your product cost could also be reduced. Um, the more that you buy in the future will also reduce that. Um, so some of those things can come into play. Um, you're labeling, if you're having, uh, Amazon label, um, their, you know, particular skew on there. Well, that's 20 cents. You can probably minimize that if you did that yourself. Uh, So there's some fees there that you can probably reduce um, to bring that profit margin higher, but without you having to sell the product for more. Um, So I hope I answered your question on that evil, mad genius. And uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next question. Hey, Scott, this is Gabe. I got my product launched and uh, it's selling all right, but I'm getting a few returns. And I want to know maybe you know, what the average return rate would be or what what you've experienced and what you do. Do you contact the people that return the product and, you know, ask them why? Because that's what I was just about to start doing. But just wanted um, just wanted to know what you thought about it and what you've done. Thanks a lot. Hey, Gabe, thanks for the question. It's a really good question. And uh, it's something that I have thought about myself. And, you know, I don't know if there's really... Uh, a true answer out there. Cause I think every single category is going to be a little bit different. I can just tell you what mine, uh, my results are, or my, you know, return rate is usually, you know, and they give you a kind of monthly, they'll give you updates and stuff, how your performance is, but usually w- between one and 2% is probably an average. Um, I've heard some people say as high as, you know, four or 5%, but it really depends on the product. And also I think from there, it's going to, allow you to see why they're being returned. You know, usually if they leave a return, they might also leave maybe a feedback or they may just contact you uh, and then give you the answer as to far as why. Now, here's something that in episode number 21, uh, the one I did with Richard Turnbull, he actually went through his process for contacting everyone that returned and that wanted a refund. And he contacted them and basically asked, you know, uh, why uh, they returned it, and just because they, you want, you know, he wanted to know so this way here he could help improve the product. Um, and actually, I'll contact uh, Richard and I'll try to get that email copy and I'll attach it to um, the show notes here. Uh, if it, if he gives it to me in time that this thing airs. And uh, also, I'll put it on episode number 21. I believe that was the one I just said. Yeah, episode number 21. Uh, so that'll be theamazingseller.com forward slash 21. And then you can find uh, the notes uh, or the uh, the email that he sends um, from there. Uh, you know, So you can use it as like a guide or a template. But he said he gets really good results from that and it also helps him improve the product. So, you know, someone... A lot of times, people are going to say, "Well, it wasn't what I had thought, or I didn't read that. You know, it was only ten inches long. I thought it was going to be longer, or whatever." Right. So, a lot of times, they'll just say, "Ah, it was on. It was on me. It was my mistake. I, I, it's not going to work for me." I mean, how many times do you get a return? At the, or you bring something back to you know a major store because when you got it home, it wasn't what you thought, or it wasn't going to work in the area that you wanted it. Something like that. So, not all returns are because people didn't like the product, uh, but. Yeah, it's definitely something to pay attention to. It's something I'm going to be implementing. And I actually know that one of uh, my friends and, and uh, Amazon seller that I know has, has implemented this. And uh, he said he was getting really, really good results from people just saying, hey, no, I, I it wasn't the product. I just, you know, it didn't work for me for this reason. So again, it can give him ideas on how he can maybe make that product better uh, or, you know, maybe add a feature to it that it might not already have. So I hope that's answered your question. Don't get too stressed out about it. Uh, you know, as far as uh, refund rates, unless they get really, really high. But usually, like I think one to 2% is is average, uh, personally. So let's move on to the next question. Hey, Scott, this is James. I've been thinking about raising money to start my Amazon business. Um, and I have some relatives who could probably help me out with that. But I'm wondering if you know anything about Kickstarter and whether that would be a viable option for doing this. Uh, I, I don't really know much of anything about Kickstarter, so I'm not sure like how long it would take, what kind of marketing can be done to speed that process along. If you can request reviews on Amazon, it just seems like, though, that that would be a pretty cool way to like build a community around my product before it's even released. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Thanks a lot. Hey, James. Great question, by the way. And I did touch on this a little bit. Uh, on another episode where uh, I was answering it, I believe it was for Kevin. Uh, if I can remember, my memory is not that good, by the way. Uh, but yeah, um you know he was asking if it was wise to have you know investors get involved to scale the business, not just start the business, but to scale the business. And you know, I do have some mixed feelings on this. As far as raising money with strangers on like a Kickstarter plan or program or whatever, I'm not too up on that stuff, but I've heard a lot about it. Uh, But I'm just not—I don't know how that all works. But you know, I don't think that that's a good idea, uh, personally. I think that it's definitely risky, and I wouldn't want to put other people at risk. And I don't know the legal—you know—the legal stuff that would need to be done in order to do that properly. So my advice is really. You know, trying to go at it by yourself in the beginning, if possible, or if you you know have a family member or someone uh, that you trust and trust you and are willing to take that risk. I want to stress that you need to be willing and very upfront and honest about the risk that you know they're investing money and in, they may not get it back, or you may they may loan you the money and say you know just pay it back in a year or something. I don't know you know what the arrangements are, but you want to be very very clear that this is, it's not a slam dunk. It's not something that you're going to be able to guarantee. It's a risk. And any time that you do business, uh, in anything really, is going to be a risk. And remember, without risks, there's usually not really that big of rewards. So, you know, there is going to be risks, okay? And I just want to be clear on that. Uh, But I would recommend, you know, talking to someone that you feel would want to go into business with you or as a silent partner uh you know or someone that might say you know yeah i'll put some money into this thing and give me uh, you know after after the money's paid back you know just give me a dollar per unit for you know, a year or maybe forever if, if you want to work, but then maybe they're going to always be funding, you know, the business. I don't know how it would work out for you, but uh, that's how I would go at it. I would not use a Kickstarter type promotion to do that personally. Um, that's my thoughts on that. All right. So I hope that's answered uh, your question. I hope it's, you know, kind of made a little bit more clear for you as far as what I would do. All right. So uh, let's move on to the next question and see what it is.
2: Hi, Scott, it's Jim. Another question for you. Do products sell better if they have just the product as the main image or a model using the product um, as the main image? Of course, obviously, if you use a model, try to use one that's attractive. Thanks.
0: Now, isn't that interesting? I just answered one from James, and now I'm answering one from Jim, and I didn't even plan that. Isn't that funny? Uh, I just realized that as I was kind of going down my little uh, editing uh, software here that I use uh, to create these podcasts, and I realized that there was a James, and now there's a Jim. Anyway, Jim, thanks for the question. Great question, too, by the way, and I'm glad that you're asking about product images because I think that they're so very, very important, and I just recently had something happen with some product images, which I'll be talking about in greater detail uh, in a future episode, Because it was a learning experience, but and I knew this was going to be happening, um, but and it wasn't for my main image because I already learned with my main image. Your main image needs to be just the product, and it needs to be on a white background, and it needs to be uh, you know something that is you know at least like fifteen hundred by fifteen hundred pixels, and it just needs to be a very high quality image, but. Their rules, Amazon rules, that is, is that they do not want any type of other things in that picture un- unless it's the product itself or if it's someone using the product. So that would be like a prop in a sense, right? So the prop would be the model. So do I think that a model uh, would make a difference? I do. I do think it would. Um, personally, I like it even when you can see the model's face because you can do a couple of different things here. And here's a, one little kind of like a little ninja tactic here for you. And this co- goes back to my, my uh, marketing days and my online marketing um, type stuff. But um, if you can have your model facing, okay, looking like, let's say, right. So let's say that you're seeing the right side of their face and they're looking towards your listing, Okay, so let's just say you have a model, and she's turned, and you see the side of her face, the right side of her face, and she's looking, okay, off, or maybe even just angled towards you, but she's looking off towards the buy now button, okay, or the price and the the features and all that stuff, right? And what this does is as the viewer... Okay, is scrolling through. They see this image of someone looking that direction, and it automatically makes you want to look that direction. Now, I do have um, a listing right now that is actually I've got two of them that are using this you know similar um, approach, and you know I can't say for certain that you know what is a better you know conversion because I haven't really tested those two. I think that I should probably, but my conversion rate's still above eighteen percent on the one product. My other product. My, my conversion is a little bit lower because I don't have as many reviews, but I do think that a face makes the image stand out um, and you know a body, obviously, but also it has to be using the product or in my case, uh, it could be even... Um, holding the product or it could be using the product or it could be wearing the product if your product is wearable. Uh, so there's those different things that you could do, but it definitely, I think in my book would definitely make a difference. Um, because if you think about, it, a lot of them don't have this element, so you're going to stand out just for for that you know fact alone. But then if you could do what I just said and have you know a face and uh, and have that face be pointing in the direction you want the viewer, uh you know the pe- the person searching to look And it goes with the same thing like when you're doing an email form, okay, or an an opt-in form as they call it, squeeze page, landing page, whatever. If you have a model or an image, and that doesn't have to be a model, someone looking towards the box that you want people to fill in their name and email address, that converts higher than having nothing. And that has been tested by lead pages, which I use, and I did that in an episode recently where I went through my insert, and, uh, and when they go to the registration page, I use that exact strategy. I have a model uh, using the product, but then looking towards the name and email for the registration. So I just wanted to throw that little tactic in there too, but also just that, yeah, I do believe that it will make a difference and images are critical. You gotta have good images. And um, oh yeah, let me just kind of mention that too. What happened was Amazon contacted me and uh, said that one of my listings was violating the uh, image guidelines and that I had to look through it and they give you kind of what it could be. They kind of make you guess. Um, But what mine was, is I did have the coupon code and uh, you know like a promotion in the second slide area, the second image area, and uh, I had to remove that. So if you're going to use that strategy, you might get away with it for a little while, but then they're going to tell you to remove it. So you're probably better off just to remove it and don't have a lot of text on your images because they don't like that. So uh, that is uh, that's my answer to that question. I know it was long-winded, but I wanted to answer it. Uh, All right. So uh, we're going to move on to one more question and let's uh, go ahead and listen to it. Hey, Scott. Good job doing the podcast. Sorry for the sound quality here. I'm listening to your podcast while I'm in the car driving to work every day. My question is, when do you dump a product? I'm running a promotion right now, $1.99 on Facebook. I've spent about $55 in uh, Facebook pay-per-click. I've only gotten... Uh, for sales from that do i keep chugging along or when do i dump this product there are different styles of this product that i could maybe a different one is selling uh better than mine uh but that's my question doing a great job thank you hey lloyd thanks for the question and yeah it does sound like we're on the highway there i hope we were doing the speed limit there wink wink uh (laughs) hey uh It's it's a great question, but I'm a little unclear um, as to what you were doing, Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just surmise here a little bit, and uh, and I think I know what you're asking. You want to know, you know, like after you feel as though you've put in the effort and it's not doing what you want it to do or getting the sales that you want it to do. When's it time to move on? When's it time to pause that product and move on to another product? I think that's what you're asking because you mentioned a Facebook uh, promo that you were running. And then you, out of that, you only got like four or five sales, I think you said. So, you know, is it time to dump it? Well, not really, because I mean, I would need to know more of the numbers as far as like, okay, what are the the top five, you know, ranking? What is their BSR? How many reviews do they have? How many, you know, how many reviews do I have currently, you know, is everything aligned in my, in my product listing, you know, all of that stuff. So that would give me the heads up, like, you know, have you have have you done everything you can to get the reviews? You know, up to where you're cutting theirs in half. Meaning, if they have a hundred reviews, you've got fifty at least. You know, until you get to that point, it's really hard to say if your product is not selling because it's a bad product. It might just be not selling because it doesn't have the reviews that it needs to sell. Because uh, and I talked about this in another episode or a past episode is that you know your your conversion rate is really um, is really uh, you know judged by or performance wise is is uh, you know showed by your review count and it really does make a huge difference. The more the reviews that you get, you know, in you know comparison to your competitor, will definitely help your conversion rate and it can also be a a factor is where it doesn't perform well, right? Because now your conversion rate's lower because you only got 20 reviews, but your competitor has 200. So until you can really gauge that, you need to know those numbers. And I would need to know those numbers before I could give you an honest opinion. But what I would say is, you know, if you feel like you still have room to improve, you know, on this, then I would still go after it and I would really focus on the pay-per-click. I wouldn't really focus on the Facebook ads. The Facebook ads, I think, are great for an initial promotion, maybe giving away 20, 30 units, you know, at a, at a discount, but not necessarily for driving organic sales or paid sales even, I think you're better off to take that money, that 50 bucks that you spent and put it into pay-per-click inside of Amazon because that traffic is going to convert a lot higher and Amazon's going to then rank you for the keywords that people purchased through when you were buying the pay-per-click. And I do believe too that If you run pay per click, I think Amazon does give you a little boost in ranking organically. It's just a hunch. Um, I'm just thinking that the more money that you're going to spend within their platform, I believe that they might give you a little nudge. So, for example, if, if your competitor isn't really promoting their product because they're just living off of organic sales and then, uh, you know, you are, you know, you're not either, right? Then they're, you guys are almost equal. But if you're doing pay per click and they're not doing pay per click, well, they may give you a little bit of a bump in ranking. Not saying you're going to outrank them, but you would maybe have a little bit of a bump. Um, So that's just my thoughts there. I would focus on pay-per-click and trying to rank for for those keywords that I want to rank for through that by paying to have people click on the keywords that I'm trying to rank for inside of pay-per-click and then really trying to get my review systems in place. And hopefully you're using like... You know, a, a service like Feedback Genius or or one of those that's going to automate this, so you can really work on getting your your reviews up if that is an issue. So I hope this has given you a little bit to go off of Lloyd. Uh, I, I know there was it was a little, you know, I, I don't have all of the numbers, so it's really hard for me to give you an exact answer. But uh, you know, I would tell anyone that is is uh, you know saying is it time to to kill this product and, and go with a different product? It really has to do with everything I just mentioned there. It has to do with those kind of numbers. All right. So I know I said that was going to be the last question but you know what i'm feeling really good here i want to do one more question and uh, i think it's an important one that's why i kind of pre-scanned this one and it's about upc codes and packages and that kind of stuff so let's go ahead and listen to the question and then i'll give you my answer and we'll wrap this episode up
2: hi scott my name is lisa lashaway and i have been listening to your podcast and i really found them great thank you very much for all the free information and letting us know how to do um private labeling on amazon i actually have a private label product. I have it bundled with another product that doesn't have a logo on it or anything like that, but it's going to be part of the package that um, I'll be selling. So it's a private label product, and then it's an additional product. And I understand... My question is really about how to actually list these on Amazon, because I was told that I need separate UPC codes for each product, and then another separate UPC for the bundle of the two together that I'll be selling. So I was wondering if you could just give a little bit insight on how to actually do that on the amazon listing it's it's pretty confusing i've been trying to google around finding out uh but there's i haven't really found an answer on how to actually list those things and how to actually do that it's my first time on amazon so i appreciate any feedback and thank you so much i really appreciate all your help
0: hey lisa great question by the way and i appreciate you uh you leaving it that's awesome uh yeah this is a great question and uh it's an important one because you know some people think well i've got a product right i've got product number 1 and i've also got you know let's say another you know product and i want to bundle the two i'll just have amazon just take product 1 and 2 and put them in a box and send them off and that's not how it works um so really let's just kind of break this down. If you're going to be selling, let's say you can sell one product, okay? And then that same product, you're going to offer it as a bundle. You're going to offer three three of those products in a bag, and then you're going to offer five of them in a bag. So you've got three variations basically. And then from there, let's just say that now you want Amazon to to do all that work for you. The only way that they're going to do that for you is if you pre-package those. And whenever you create a variation or a new package, it needs a unique UPC code, okay? Because that is going to identify what they're going to do. They're not going to go and pick from different parts of your of your inventory. They're going to say UPC code one is this. UPC code two is the three-pack, and UPC code three is the five-pack. And then they're just gonna go hand pick it and plop it into a box and off it goes. So you do need to purchase separate UPC codes. They're just, they're basically their own products. And I'm, I'm actually doing this right now for my product, um, number three. And that's going to have, uh, four different UPC codes all under one listing. And it's exactly that. It's, it, it's kind of like colors, right? It's like, you know, you've got, you know, color one, color two, color three, or you can have all three of them in a bundle. That's kind of what I did. So I did a single, you know, item. And then the second one I I did was a little bit different. It had a little bit of a different character to it. And then the third one, the same thing. Or they can buy all three of them in one bundle. So in order to do that, I needed to come up with four different packages. And each package has to have its own UPC code. So I hope that makes sense. I think it does. And I hope that's answered your question. And I hope it helps anyone else out there thinking about this. I do think that variations are really, really good. Um, I think it's great because you can offer like one right? You can offer one item at like let's say nine ninety five, but then you can offer a three pack for nineteen ninety five. So it shows a huge value, right? You're getting three of them for you, almost getting one for you are getting one for free by doing the three pack. And then the five pack, you can even do a better deal, and then they can see that. So then they can see you know this product sells between nine ninety five and twenty nine ninety five, and obviously the twenty nine ninety five is the best deal. But the middle one, a lot of people will go for the middle one. So it's a great way to kind of like create three listings under one listing, um, and it also it gets people in because you can have a lower price point, but when you get them into your listing, you can a lot of times get them to purchase the more expensive one or at least the medium one to increase the sale of that particular customer. So I do really like that, but the downfall is that is that when you do this when like let's say you, you reorder inventory you have to go and then tell your manufacturer that you want you know you want 100 of them packed as one you want another 100 in a bag that are packed as two so that's really now 200 units so that's three total 300 total and then the the last one if you're going to have five in a pack for 100 that's going to be 500 so now you've got 800 but really, you've got three technically three products, right? Uh, I hope that makes sense. It's not too confusing for you. But um, that's really how it works. You know, you de- you definitely need uh, u- different UPC codes to identify those particular products inside of Amazon. All right. So uh, that is pretty much going to wrap up session number two of the Ask Scott show. I guess uh, episode, whatever. Uh, so. I really do enjoy these because, again, like I said, I, I like it because it feels as though we're kind of like in a room together, and I can go ahead and just say, okay, anybody got a question, and then you raise your hand and say, yep, you, go ahead, and then we just bang them out. So I, I like that. Um, so I'm going to continue to do these as the questions come in, and again, I'm, I'm still behind on the questions, and I will try to get to yours as soon as possible, and I have a lot of blog comments that people post. So if you do have a comment or a question that you want answered, you can just head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash Ask. All right. And uh, you can do it right there. The other thing I want to remind you about is the Facebook group, which is very, very active right now. We're up over 800 members already. And uh, the place just, it rocks over there. It's just awesome. So if you aren't uh, included in that group right now, or if you haven't requested to join, it is a private group, but uh, just send me a request and I'll go ahead and get you approved as soon as I can. And uh, that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash FB. F is in Frank, B is in boy. And, uh, and you can go over there. And again, if you're just starting for the very first time and you're just coming to this podcast for the very first time, you've got a lot of catching up to do, but I did make it easy for you because I created a nice little start area where it basically lays out the simple things, but yet everything is kind of like laid out for you. And it kind of goes through my process when I first started and obviously what I'm doing now. Um, uh, but that can be found at the amazing seller.com forward slash start. All right, and uh, you can find everything over there. So once again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to take me uh, in the plane or in the car, uh, all of that stuff. Actually, it's funny too. I just want to bring that up. I I asked on one of the shows, and I think I did it in the Facebook group, and said, "Hey, take a quick picture of yourself and post it in the Facebook group of where you are when you're listening." And I, I've had people uh, send them or send me pictures of them uh, either in traffic. Right, uh, one person sending it from Hollywood uh, in California. Uh, another. Another person sent one in the jungle. They live in the jungle, literally. Uh, I believe that's Kevin, by the way, who's a, who's a tea ninja man. Uh, he knows all about tea. Uh, and, uh, Uh, I had a few people uh, post it uh, on their balconies. I'm looking out another person that was, uh, you know, basically working. They're a DHL worker. So they were working and listening There's a whole bunch of people. So it's just really cool to see where you are when you're listening. And uh, it just, again, it kind of brings us a little closer together. So I'd really appreciate if you do that too. That would be awesome. So uh, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. If you have any questions, of course, just, you know, leave them on the blog under the ask, uh, you know, section, or you can just email me or leave it on the Facebook group. All right right? So get out there, make it happen. There's no excuses. The only thing that you need to worry about is taking action because with action comes results. And then from there you can make the adjustments. All right. So, and and I'm pushing for you. I definitely am pushing for you. So I just want you to know that. And I do believe in you. All right. So uh, just get out there and make it happen. All right. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care.